What's up, Boom Team? Welcome back to the podcast, episode four of season two. I hope you guys are having a great day. I know I am. Um, I wanted to let you guys know right away, I'm sorry for the uh, inconsistency in the uploads. I try to get it on the same day um, every time, but, you know, this week's just been a a weird week for me, just like, you know, most weeks have been lately. I'm still just trying to adapt to a new schedule, living in a new place and getting all that done. Um, and it's hard, you know, it is, it's a, it's pretty difficult. Um, but I'm moving along, um, with uncertainty. I'm just kind of trying to do everything, um, the best I can when I can, uh, next week is probably going to be no episode. I'm going to be pretty busy next week. Um, and that'll be the same case for a couple weeks from now as well. I just know that, um, I'm going to be fairly busy. I got a, a lot of going out with work and, uh, just other things that are going on. Um, so there's going to be no, no episode next week. I am uh, picking my games, and I might have a mini episode. I'm not promising that, um, but I, there is going to be no full-fledged, like, hour-long episode or 45-minute-long episode like there normally is. Um, but, yeah, I have some couple things in the works, too, uh, that I want to do. We're working on building a website, um, working on growing our Instagram account a little more so we can get more of you guys to tune into the podcast and kind of grow our fan base a little bit. Um, and also, we've been throwing, throwing around the idea of uh, maybe starting a TikTok because I know there's a lot of people out there who, uh, you know, like to talk sports on there and also like to... Uh, you know, put out their opinions and what they think. And I think there are a lot of great ideas out there. Um, there's one podcast that I've been listening to lately uh, run by three guys who I've seen on TikTok individually, but I didn't know that they had had their own show. Um, it's the stay hot podcast. If you, uh, if you look them up on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or something, it's just Stay Hot Pod. That's all it is. Um, and it's run by a couple guys. There's Kirk, I believe his name is, and then there's another guy named Theo, and I can't remember the last guy's name, Um, but they do a great job. They have some really good analysis, and it's really well ran, and uh, they usually do it while, like, the last Sunday night game is running, going on, so they kind of do, like, their own game reactions while it's going on. It's pretty cool. Um, I really enjoy their analysis because they're kind of in the same spot that I am where they're uh, just, you know, guys around my age and, you know, the college college years of their life, and, um, you know, they're talking about their favorite teams but they're also talking about you know what's going on around the league and they also talk NBA a little bit which is what I do as well so um, I really enjoy doing it because I I feel a a certain connection to them because I feel like I'm in the same spot except there's three of them and there's one of me (laughs) um so and you know they have a bigger uh, fan base than I do but I I really enjoy listening to them because I just feel like I could talk to them um, which is something a little different than the other podcasts that I listen to that are, you know, ran by professional NFL media analysts and people who get paid to do that like every week, um, which, which is super cool. And that's, you know, something I hope to do one day, but, um, I just feel a better connection with those guys. Cause you know, they are in the same, same boat that I am. They probably got the, the same limited resources that I do when it comes to social media. Um, and you know, just kind of making your own assumptions based off of what you read or what you see in the games. Um, and I, I just find that awesome. I find that, you know, really something really cool that I can connect with. So if you guys want to, you know, are listening and you want another podcast to listen to on top of mine or on, you know, if you want to go listen to another one, um, this stay hot pod is a, a good one. Cause they, it's all about giving hot takes, which is, they don't always give super hot takes, but I, uh, I still think that they're, they're pretty good. And there are a lot of good sports minds in that, uh, in that podcast, which I really enjoy. Um, this week's going to be a little different rather than just recapping every single game. Like I do, I feel like it's a little repetitive. Um, I wanted to go over some, 
of my picks this week and why I'm picking these individual teams. And then I also wanted to give out um, some of the big things that I saw in the games coming up. So I'll go over most games because I was able to watch most of them um, throughout this week. Uh, Like I said, my schedule has been a little uh, crazy this week, so I haven't been able to see every single one. Um, But obviously I've seen quite a few of them. I think I only missed like four games. I think it was the Colts and the Titans one I wasn't able to watch. The Ravens and the Lions, uh, Falcons and Giants, and then I think the last one that I wasn't able to watch was the Dolphins and the Raiders. That was the uh, the last game that I wasn't able to watch completely, um, which I am going to watch because I, I enjoy seeing how every team actually performs rather than just the stat lines. Um, but I wasn't able to get to all those, but, you know, all those were pretty decent games. You know, the Ravens and Lions was a nail-biter. Um, you know, they had the longest kick in NFL history, which we'll get to. The Colts and the Titans were within 10. Um, what else was it? The, uh, uh, sorry, the uh, Dolphins and Raiders went into overtime. You know, it was a, a fun game. So, you know, those games are pretty self-explanatory. They were fun. Um, they lived up to the hype that they had. And, um, yeah, so I'm, I'm hoping to watch those later. But uh, when it comes to recording the podcast, I want to get it out before the Thursday night game tonight. So my pick actually suffices. You know, I'm not just saying that I pick the winner afterwards. <laughs> um, so, yeah, let's hop right into it, speaking of Thursday night. So uh, we have the Bengals over the Jaguars tonight. I believe it's in uh, Cincinnati. Um, I, I'm i going to go with the Bengals on this one. Uh, the Bengals just came off a huge divisional win against the Steelers, uh, a struggling Steelers team at that. But we'll, uh, we'll get to that in a little while. Um, and the Bengals had a great performance. Their offensive line and defensive line was awesome. Um, I, I hear a lot of people talk about how, oh, the, the Steelers offensive line, you know, isn't that great. Uh, you know, the Steelers defensive line is all busted up. They don't have TJ Watt. TJ Watt's not the only player on that defensive line though. He's a great, he's a huge, you know, asset to it. And he's great. And he's a defensive player of the year candidate for the past two, three years, but he's not the only one on there. Um, you know, the Steelers still have Melvin Ingram, who they signed from the Chargers, who's a awesome defensive presence. He was in L.A. when he was with the Chargers. Him and Joey Boso were a, a dynamic duo. Um, he did struggle with injuries last year, but he's still on the field this year. And you also have um, Cameron Hayward on the field, who is a great defensive tackle. And the Bengals offensive line did a awesome job um, protecting Joe Burrow and allowing him to have the time that he needed to, uh, you know, if he needed to tuck it and run, he had that decision-making time. If he needed to, you know, toss a ball to Jamar Chase downfield, he had that time to make that decision. Um, Joe Burrow did have to scramble away a couple times, but, you know, that's that's going to happen. You know, you're not going to be able to protect your quarterback on every play, but the biggest feat that the Bengals can take away from this is that they snapped the uh, Steelers' uh, streak of, I think it was 75 games with at least one second in a row um which is you know just unbelievable I don't even know how many years that is I think that's what maybe five six years um with six or no probably five years with 17 week seasons or 16 game seasons um so yeah probably be about five years um of you know getting at least one sack uh per game which is insane um so that's a huge feat for the Bengals offensive line um, and the defensive line, you know, was an enormous part of their win. You know, they kept pressuring uh, Big Ben a lot, um, causing him to, you know, 
kind of backpedal backwards and Ben is not as mobile as he used to be. He's, he's getting older. So when he's on the run, it, it just makes your chances of either intercepting the ball or knocking it out of bounds or knocking it out of the player's hands, you know, that much higher. And they were pressuring Ben a ton. Uh, he was on his back foot a lot, tossing off to the flat to um, Najee Harris. Najee Harris had 16, or I mean, uh, 19 targets in this game, which is just ridiculous. That's like Alvin Kamara, you know, style uh, targets, and Kamara's a receiving back. Um, and I, you know, Najee Harris, I don't, I never perceived as a receiving back. Uh, but that's what they were forcing the Steelers to do. And when you have uh, even somebody as good as Najee Harris, when you're throwing off into the flat, you, you're risking either losing yards or getting maybe three or four. You know, in the NFL, it's, it's pretty, you know, it's not, not often that a team is, you know, getting 10, 15-yard gains off of a, of a run to the, or a pass to the flat unless, you know, something crazy happens or you have, you know, three routes going deep trying to draw those defenders out and then you toss it down to the flat. You know, that's just not... That's not how. That's not a successful strategy in the NFL. Um, so I was really impressed with the Bengals' uh, offensive and defensive line, and I've been impressed with the Bengals' defense this year a lot. Uh, Von Bell has been a huge uh, leader for them. He's been absolutely phenomenal on defense, and they've just been the whole Bengals' defense has been great at gang tackling, which is something they teach you like in grade school how to do. And you know, sometimes if you notice the NFL, they kind of forget how to do that. Like once you hit like college in the NFL, you notice that it's a lot of guys just like single guys trying to get a tackle, and then maybe he'll fall off and miss the tackle, but the other guys didn't try and finish it. So the person just slips away and you know gets out. It's it's uh, something that you know I was really happy to see because the Bengals did it a lot last week as well. And they just carried right over into this week. So they're doing great defensive, uh, defensively, and they're sticking to their fundamentals, and I love that. Um, the Jaguars, the Jaguars had the car, the Cardinals on their uh, their heels this week. They were up, I believe, nineteen to ten at one point on the Cardinals, um, and especially they had all the momentum going into the second half after uh, uh, Jamal Agnew had that hundred nine yard uh, touchdown, uh, like almost like punt or like kick return because. Uh, if you, if you didn't see it, the Cardinals were setting up for a very long field goal, um, before the halftime. I think it was going to be the longest in history, I believe, um, if they had made it, but they didn't. And the Jags had Jamal Agnew in the back, like right at the, like right in the back of the end zone. He caught it and brought it all the way to the house for 109 yards. It was ridiculous. Um, and they had all the momentum going into the half. Um, and then what was it? They went downfield, they scored again or yeah. And they scored again. And then they pulled the Cardinals right back in. Uh, Trevor Lawrence had the pick six off a of flea flicker, which was you know very unfortunate. And uh, but it's also becoming un, not uncharacteristic for Trevor Lawrence, which is something else I want to get into. Um, but they pulled they pulled the Cardinals right back in. They allowed them to march right down the field and score. Uh, James Conner had two touchdowns, and uh, Chase Edmonds had a fantastic day. Um, the Cardinals were able to show off their running ability a lot this game. I think they're probably one of the best running teams in the NFL. Um, with Kyler Murray, you know, being a, a scrambling quarterback and basically being able to do whatever he wants on the field. Um, and also James Conner and uh, Chase Edmonds being a really, I think, underrated dynamic duo. Um, they're both. Uh, either starting or prior starting running backs. You know, James Conner was on the Steelers as their starting running back. Um, and they, I think they both bounce off each other very well because they're the same running back. Um, they're both hard-hitting but also really fast guys. They're not just like trains. You know, they can move. And um, I think the Cardinals really love that about them. But 
um, on the Jaguars case. They had a hard time stopping the run, obviously, as I stated, um, but they also just pulled the Cardinals right back into this game, um, which could be, you know, bad coaching or just bad playmaking. That's just kind of your, you know, your decision to make on that. I think it was just bad playmaking. I think the pick six that Trevor Lawrence threw was really a, a big decider um, for that when it came to the Cardinals being pulled back into the game. Um, and I think Trevor Lawrence also has a, uh, ha- has an issue, like I've said before with accuracy and I hope he fixes it. I hope it's just like the, the first year, you know, rookie woes where they're just, you know, making, you know, really bad throws and they're going fi- to fix it the next year. And then he's going to come back and have like an awesome season. Kyler Murray was the same way his rookie year. He d- he had very, you know, not as much of effect as he does now, or he did last year in his rookie season. Um, and I'm hoping that for Trevor Lawrence and guys like Zach Wilson, that that'll change for them. Um, but yeah, overall, I'm going to take the Bengals. I just think they're a better, better team in this game. Um, and it should be a pretty, uh, not easy win, but a convincing win. And I'm also looking for the Bengals to assert themselves as a, one of the better teams in the NFL. Maybe not, you know, Super Bowl contenders, but you know, one of those teams that you want to watch out for. Um, and something that I'm going to touch on a lot this week is how good teams beat the brakes off of teams that they're better than. Yes, you have those weeks where you are you know, in contest with a uh, a team that, you know, you are much better than, but they decided to, the, to show up that game and they just have a phenomenal day. That's going to happen. But nine times out of 10, you should beat the hell out of the teams that you're better than. And I'm looking for the Bengals to really run the drags into the ground in this one. Um, running into Sunday afternoon and Sunday night, uh, I have the Cowboys and the Panthers. I'm going to choose the Cowboys on this one. Uh, I feel like I'm being a little bit of a homer with that one um, because the Panthers are the undefeated team and the Cowboys are only on a two-win streak. But um, I I don't know. I just feel like the Cowboys uh, have the better chance when it comes to uh, being a little bit more offensively um, electric in this game. The Panthers are a great defensive team. Um, they're, you know, I expect them to have at least maybe two or three sacks in this one and really pressure Dak Prescott. Um, but the thing is the Cowboys offense can almost compete with anybody's defense. That's, that's my takeaway from it. And that's the only reason why I'm picking the Cowboys. This one was a pretty difficult one for me to pick, honestly. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if the Panthers pulled this one out. I had a hard time choosing this one, but my whole tipping factor for this one is that the Cowboys, um, are offensively better defensively not as good either but the Cowboys had a great showing on defense against the Eagles which isn't you know a huge a huge deal because the Eagles aren't great but um the Cowboys did you know have multiple interceptions they've had multiple turnovers in this game or in this year too they had I think it was only two interceptions and like two total turnovers last season and this season they've had uh, eight total turnovers being uh, two of those being forced fumbles and recoveries um, and also uh, six interceptions which is only tied by the Saints which you know it's an average of two a week so far which is all like really all the production you can ask for um, and yes uh, a couple of those uh, interceptions came from you know bad throws uh, when Jalen Hurts or you know Justin Herbert making uncharacteristic throws but they also were able to pick off Tom Brady um which is not something that you always see so that's my my like defense when it comes to my my choosing of this game I really tried not to be like too much of a homer and because the Cowboys are my team um that I cheer for but I try not to be too biased in this one um 
I think the biggest deciding factor, like I said, is that the Cowboys defense has improved and they have shown that they can, uh, you know, get the ball from, you know, some of the game's best quarterbacks like uh, the Justin Herberts and the Tom Brady's of the game. Um, But they can also on offense score right away and that's something that we've known for a while but like I said the Panthers have been very efficient this year they are unbelievably well coached I love Matt Rule I think he's done a great job with the Panthers and the defense is phenomenal their defense has is great at break, uh, making pressure uh, Brian Burns and Shaq Thompson they are running that that whole defense they're doing a great job and um, like I said I would not be surprised if the Panthers are able to pull this one off but I think offensively that's where the Cowboys um, have the edge against the Panthers in this one after this i'm also going to be going over the chiefs and the eagles um the chiefs have had very uncharacteristically horrible weeks (laughs) these past two weeks they have um turned the ball over three times just by interceptions they've actually turned it over five times total um in the past two weeks which is not something the chiefs do especially in september um you know, we have the the interception that Patrick Mahomes threw against the Ravens, um, which was his first ever interception and his first ever loss in September. Um, and then Clyde Edwards-Alaire basically gave the Ravens the game back when he fumbled at the end of the game. Um, and then Clyde Edwards-Alaire also fumbled this week against the Chargers. And then uh, Patrick Mahomes also threw two more interceptions this week against the Chargers. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm a little worried about the Chiefs. Um, I'm a little worried. I'm not going to lie. Um, the chiefs are, they are mortal. They are not immortal. It doesn't take a, an act of God or Tom Brady to beat them. Um, uh, which is something that I really didn't see coming. Um, I don't think anybody saw it coming this year. I think the AFC West can really rival the NFC West, uh, as the best division in football. Um, you have in the AFC West, you've got the Raiders who are three and zero. you've got the uh, Broncos who are three and zero. you've got the chargers who are two and one. And then you also got the chiefs who are one and two, but you know, just cause the chiefs have a losing record, you can't just knock them because they're, you know, they're the Kansas city chiefs. They're, you know, one of the best teams in the NFL, especially even if you would just want to look at roster, like the whole roster. It's not that it's not like, you know, they're not good. Um, and, and then also the same case in the NFC West is that, you know, they got the Cardinals who are three and zero. you got the Rams who are possibly the best team in the NFL. Um, you have the Niners who are two and one and one of the most complete teams in the NFL, I believe. And then you got the Seahawks who, you know, even though they're only one and two, just like the chiefs, they're still unbelievably electric and they can score on you on a dime. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm worried about the Chiefs, especially if they keep this up. Um, but I expect them to beat the hell out of the Eagles this week, um, especially with the weaknesses that the Eagles have now. They lost another offensive lineman in, in their game against the Dallas Cowboys. Um, the Eagles couldn't stop the run against the Cowboys, which is, you know, a little bit up, more upper echelon when it comes to stop trying to stop that run. But the Chiefs don't have a bad running game either. Um, Jalen Hurts was, he had awful decision-making. He didn't seem very confident at all in his game against the, against Dallas. And the Eagles also needed to clean up their penalties. They had, I think nine penalties. It was late in the third quarter for about 56 yard compared to the Cowboys only two, um, penalties. So, you know, they need to clean that up. And, um, I don't know if they're going to be able to perform like against the Chiefs, um, just even based off of talent in this game. But what I'm looking for is for the, just like the Bengals, um, for the Chiefs to beat the hell out of the Eagles in this one and really assert them their dominance on them. Uh, because if they don't, then I'm going to start to worry. If this game comes down to like, if this game is within 10, then I'm going to have a problem because the Chiefs shouldn't allow this team to bring it anywhere within 10. I don't care if they're playing an arrowhead or not. Um, you know, they, they can't allow that. 
So I'm, I'm like I said, I'm really expecting the Chiefs to win this one. If they're if they don't, if or if it's really close, then there are some big questions to be asked about. You know, is it the defense? Is it the offense? It's it's something. I don't know what it is. I personally think it's a little bit of the offense. There's not a ton of depth there. Um, and you know, I I heard from um who was it Theo Ash this week. Uh, he pointed something out that I thought was uh, a great point that you know the uh, when Tyreek Hill or Travis Kelsey go down, if they do, I said when, but I mean if they do, um you know the Chiefs are in big trouble. They do have players like McCole Hardman who and uh, Pringle who are you know great wide receivers, but they're just like Tyreek Hill, just a little bit taller, where they're super fast, um and they can get downfield, but they're not as good route runners as Tyreek Hill. Um, you know, or Travis Kelsey, Travis, you know, you can't, you know, just clone these guys, Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill, you know, there's something special. And so you need to have more depth and the signing of Josh Gordon this week, um, was I think a great idea. Um, cause he gives that kind of, you know, big wide receiver, like super deep threat, um, like super big, deep threat, you know, one that you don't have to just hope that he you know, that Tyreek Hill just beats somebody downfield, you know, you can throw it up in, you know, one-on-one coverage or, you know, one-on-two coverage and Josh Gordon will go up and get it. Um, that That's if he's, you know, the same as he was when he was on Cleveland or on the Patriots um, back in the day. So that's, I think that's a good signing when it brings uh, more variety for the Chiefs. Um, but like I said, I'm really expecting them to beat the hell out of the Eagles in this game. Um, next up is the Titans over the Jets. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to watch either of these teams this week. Um, but my biggest takeaways um, from the stat lines that I read was that uh, Derrick Henry has about 353 rushing yards this week. Um, after a scary performance against the Cardinals in week one, the Titans, I think, have found their mojo again. Um, I think they found their offensive swing, you know, where they just feed the hell out of Derrick Henry. Just just go, go get him. He's like... Uh, He's like um, Mike, uh, what the hell was his name? Mike Allstadt, I think his name was, uh, on the Buccaneers in the early 2000s. He, Mike was just this dude, this big dude as a fullback, and the uh, Buccaneers would just give it to him and just you know yell, hit him, Mike. That was the thing, and that's what I think every time I see Derrick Henry run is just hit him, Derrick, because he just runs people over. He absolutely trucked Le- uh, Darius Leonard um, in, this, in their game against the Colts last week. Um, and like I said, I didn't watch it, but I was able to see that highlight and that's not an easy thing. Darius Leonard's one of the best tacklers in the game. Um, and you know, you don't just truck somebody like that unless you're something really special. Um, and something I did notice, um, I was looking at the rookie, like, you know, top 10 rookies this season, just to check in how, how all of them are doing. Um, and you know, we also, we all know that Zach Wilson and Trevor Lawrence are struggling, but Zach Wilson specifically is struggling a lot. Um, he is in a similar situation as Trevor Lawrence, but I think it's even worse when it comes to off the field. Um, I think he's not as well coached um, at all, and I'm not saying Urban Meyer is a great coach for the Jags, but I'm just saying Zach Wilson this year has a 2-7 to ratio when it comes to touchdowns to interceptions. He only has two touchdowns to seven interceptions. He hasn't thrown a touchdown since week one, um, which is not not a great sign for, for Jets fans. Um, I'm really hoping that he picks it up this week because I really want to see this kid perform. I think he's got a bright future. Um, and I hope, like I said, just for Trevor Lawrence, that uh, this is just like the, the rookie woes and that he'll come back you know, maybe next season or maybe later this season and actually start slinging it a little bit and showing uh, some confidence. Um, but the Jets O-line is god-awful, um, and it's, it's just not a good situation for Zach Wilson. I think the Titans are going to um, really have their way with the Jets in this one. Uh, next up, I got the Saints over the Giants. Um, the Saints played a good game, but what my takeaway was it from it was um, the Saints' defense when they 
are not challenged. Um, and when they are able to, you know, when they're able to get going, then the Saints have an unbelievably good chance of winning that game. Um, I don't think so far that the Saints offense um, is in the position to win them games. Um, and you saw it against the Panthers. Uh, the Panthers are a sneakily great team this year. Um, and they have an unbelievable defense, like I've said, and their offense is efficient. Um, but the Saints are very good at cashing in. That's what I took away is that they are good when you give them the ball back. If you allow their defense to, you know, get you a strip fumble or they allow you to, you know, um, intercept the ball or that you allow them to intercept the ball, then they're going to cash in. That's what they're good at. They're very good at cashing in. Um, Their run offense is not that great this year. Alvin Kamara has zero rushing touchdowns this year so far. He has two receiving touchdowns, but zero rushing touchdowns this year. He hasn't broken 100 yards rushing once this year. He's gotten close. He's been in the 80s, but he hasn't broken 100 rushing yards this year. Um, And Jameis Winston has been fine. Um, other than that first Packers game, he hasn't really wowed me. Um, he had an awful decision, which ultimately ended in a touchdown, but I thought it was the worst decision I had seen all day. Um, when he was getting tackled by a Patriots player, like literally in the midst of getting tackled and he, he, you you can see the difference in Jameis's strength, by the way. I just want to comment on that. Cause this guy is tackling Jameis and rather than going down super fast, like most quarterbacks would just take the hit. Jameis is standing there with the guy on his legs, you know, trying to stay up and he just throws the ball up as he's falling to Marcus Callaway in the back of the end zone who has a defender on him. Um, and I thought this ball should have been picked off. That's how, that's why I was like, Oh my God, Jameis. Because he throws it to the back of the end zone, and the defender is all over Marcus Callaway, but he's looking at Marcus Callaway, not the ball. So Marcus Callaway is able to go up and get it, and just be like, and just you know, toe tap right in the end zone. But I'm like, why would you throw that ball? <laughs> like that is it's so inept of getting intercepted. If there was a defender who, if he that defender was looking at the ball, then that that ball would have been intercepted or batted away or batted into another like another player who could have intercepted it like it was just I was saw him throw it up I was like oh my god he he just threw that but he he got very lucky with that um I thought so I haven't really been too impressed by him in that Packers game I'm, I wasn't super impressed they had a couple drives where they went downfield and scored um which I'll, I'll take back that I wasn't impressed on that you know they were able to go down the field on the Packers in that game and in uh, score but uh you know I'm I just I've never been that faithful in Jameis Winston. Um, after the Panthers game, I was like, ah, he's back. You know, he's throwing, throwing two interceptions. Um, and then this Patriots game, you know, they the defense just absolutely ruined the Patriots. Um, the Saints were all over them. The Patriots couldn't get anything offensively going. Uh, two out of the three interceptions they had turned into Saints touchdowns, one of them being a pick six. Um, they had two drives that were less than 20 yards for a touchdown. Um, it, it just wasn't, it wasn't that impressive. I thought, uh, offensively. Um, and like I said, they have some real issues when it comes to, uh, to running, like to running the ball. Um, Alvin Kamara, like I said, hasn't gone, gotten a single rushing touchdown. He has gotten, uh, you know, those yards, but he hasn't gotten a single rushing touchdown. Um, so I'm, I'm looking for the saints to have better run blocking and to really allow Kamara to be that running back, um, rather than just a receiving back. Cause he's so dynamic. He can do it all. Um, so that's what I'm really looking for in the Saints in this game. Uh, and the Giants, the Giants had a heartbreaker loss against the Falcons this week. Uh, I'm kind of glad I didn't watch it because it, it just seemed like a dumpster fire of a game. Um, the Giants are in bad, bad position right now because uh, Sterling Shepard's hurt and uh, Darius Slayton's hurt. So they their offense is just getting 
absolutely hammered. Um, they have, I think it's only Kenny Galladay. I'm pretty sure he's still in. <laughs> um, and then they also have Saquon who, you know, can get hurt on a dime. Uh, it's just, it's not looking really good for the, uh, for the, for the giants in this game. And I expect the saints to really just wipe the floor with them. Um, next up is Vikings and the Browns. I am actually going to take the Vikings in this one over the Browns. Uh, the Vikings had an unbelievably great performance against Seattle. They cut down on the tur- turnovers a ton. They, they were doing phenomenal on offense. Kirk Cousins, I have said many times that I do not believe in this man. I don't, you know, enjoy him playing. Um, I had a huge, like, I, I could not deal with Kirk Cousins at all. I just, I, there's just something about him I just don't like. Um, but he had a phenomenal game against Seattle, and he's been playing great this season. Um, he has had, I believe, it's zero interceptions this year, um, if I'm if I'm correct. And he's also had nine touchdowns. Uh, no, sorry, it's uh, eight touchdowns. And he has had zero interceptions. He's had a uh, passer rating of 118.3, which is fantastic. Um, he's had 45 first downs, which is you know really good produ- uh, production. Um, he's gone over 20 yards 11 times, and he's also gone 40 plus yards uh, once, which was a 64 yard touchdown. And he's only been sacked five times, and he's almost at a pa- thousand passing yards. So I can't believe it, but I'm praising Kirk Cousins. <laughs> um, there, the Vikings' offense has been very efficient this year. Um, they've been sharing the wealth across, uh, you know, their whole receiving core when it comes to Adam Thielen, uh, Justin Jefferson, and uh, Osborne. They've been all over the place. Uh, Dalvin Cook has looked great, but he, you know, obviously missed this last game against Seattle. And uh, their their backup running back Madison had a great game. I believe he had 26 touches for like 100. Uh, I think it was 100 in. 19 yards I believe it was some, somewhere in there he had a great game um, you would think it was Dalvin Cook out there um, and he was he had a phenomenal game he ate up the clock for the Vikings and they just absolutely not dominated but they really asserted themselves over Seattle um, especially in the second half you know they went into the game down um, and never looked back after that in the second half they just started scoring like bang 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 right away and uh, the defense uh, did a great job stopping Seattle um, Seattle couldn't touch Kirk Cousins at all um, on, on defense, and they struggled running the ball. Um, and I'll get into that in a little bit when I uh, talk about Seattle. But the offense for the Vikings looked great, and the defense played really well in the second half. Um, and I was really impressed. Um, so, yeah, I'm taking them over the Browns because even though the Browns had a phenomenal week against the Bears, absolutely phenomenal, sacking uh, Justin Fields nine times, um, I see the Vikings offense being a little bit more efficient than the the Browns offense, and I think that's going to be the decider. Because yes, the Browns have the better defense. I think that's that's fair to say, but I think the Vikings have the better offense that could counter that great defense. Um, so that's why I'm taking the Vikings this week. Next up is a game that I'm kind of looking forward to is the Lions over the Bears um, because I really want to see see Justin Fields come into his own and you know actually do something this week. He looked really really bad um against the browns um yes he did get sacked nine times that's on his offensive line um in the play calling and you know just not putting him in the great greatest position but even when he had a chance to throw the ball and he had time he held on to that ball for way too long and he looked so indecisive yes he's a rookie um but you have to be able to show up in those situations you know everybody on the on the bears uh you know, whole Bears fan base is looking for you to finally be the guy that's going to, you know, lead them. 
And sure, like I said, he's a rookie. He can have these mistakes, but he held on to that ball a long time. He needs to get it out of his hands. Um, and even when they were designed runs, you know, he just didn't seem like he was committed to where he was going. He was like, oh, I'm going to go this way. Oh, shit, there's people over here. I don't know if I'm going to make it. And would just kind of like stop. I was like, man, you know, you got to be more, you know, confident in that. Um, and that's what I'm really looking for him to, to be this week um, against the Lions because the Lions obviously aren't great. Um, their defense played really well against the Browns, I thought, in the first half. Um, they were able to sack uh, uh, Baker Mayfield, I think it was four times, I believe. They had a great game as well, the defense. Um, it was just the offense couldn't, uh, couldn't complement their defense very well at all. So I'm really looking for Justin Fields to step into his own and start connecting with Allen Robinson, start connecting with Darnell Mooney, so those types of guys um, who can really um, have an impact on the game. And I just want to see his confidence build after this game. And I'm, I'm really looking for the Bears to finally, you know, pay me back um, for picking them all these weeks, okay? Um, and I really want to see them just take the Lions and, you know, really show off the talent that they have because they do have a lot of talent on offense, um, but they just they haven't been able to cash in on it, and I really want to see them do that. Uh, next up is Bills and the Texans. Um, I have the Bills winning over the Texans. I, this one was kind of easy to pick. I think the Bills are, you know, just a phenomenally talented team. That, that's not even a great way to say that, but I couldn't think of another way to describe it because um, they are phenomenal, but they're also talented. But <laughs> um, they played great against Washington. You know, Washington that is one of the better off or defenses in the NFL, but they have been playing um, games with teams that are just starting to pop off. Like the Bills are one of the best offensive in the game. Um, and they have just been, you know, really getting hammered by teams that are either popping off, like uh, Daniel Jones popped off against them, or the Bills. You know, they're they're not they're not being put in the best situations, um, but they're still one of the better uh, defenses in the league. You can't take that away from them um, just yet, at least. If they still having these performances where they're giving up, you know, twenty five plus, then there's a little bit of an issue. But right now, I'm still gonna uh, put them as one of the better defenses um, out there. And the Bills just went absolutely nuts on them. Josh Allen had, I think it was almost two hundred passing yards in the first. I think it was first half. Um, he he went absolutely nuts on these guys. He just ripped them to shreds, and uh, I expect the Bills to do the same against the Texans. But um, something that I picked up against, or for the Texans when they were playing against the Panthers, is even though they lost, um, and they lost quite convincingly, I was actually pretty in- impressed with Davis Mills. Um, he's not Tyrod Taylor, you know, he's not uh, as good as him. He's not as mobile, I would say. Um, but he seemed confident in that pocket, um, especially when it was collapsing around him. You know, he was a decision maker. He threw it. He threw it well. He uh, took care of the ball most of mostly of the whole game. Um, he what? He's not a bad backup at all. I think, and you know, especially his performance against a defense like the Panthers. Um, I saw them. Uh, I saw them doing very well. Um, I saw him, you know, like I said, just making decisions, being confident in the pocket. And then when he rolled out, you know, he was running and throwing the ball on the run, which is something that you need to have in a quarterback in the NFL nowadays. You can't have stationary quarterbacks anymore. Christ, even Tom Brady is rolling out and throwing the ball um, on the run. He doesn't do it very often at all, um, but he, he does it. And um, I'm just, I was really impressed with Davis Mills. I'm not going to lie. I don't expect the Texans to challenge the Bills at all this game, but I expect Davis Mills to really build off um, on that on that uh, performance that he had on Thursday. Next up is the Dolphins and the Colts. Um, unfortunately, these two teams, I wasn't able to watch them this week. Um, but what I did notice is that uh, J- Jacoby Brissett had a awesome game against the Raiders. Um, he popped right off, and I think he's going to have a good revenge game against the Colts. I think he's going to walk right in there and um, have his way with them. I think the Colts are pretty much done. 
I think they're done for the season. Carson Wentz can barely move because um, he's playing on two messed up ankles. Um, the Dolphins are a better team defensively, I think, um, and offensively, if they can keep up their performance from the week before with the Raiders, I think they're going to be just fine against the Colts. I don't have a ton to say again, uh, with this game, unfortunately, because I didn't watch it, um, either of them, but uh, I do expect the Dolphins to do very well against the Colts this week. Uh, next up, I also have the Washington football team over the Falcons. Um, I, unfortunately, again, I, these are two teams that I wasn't able to watch. Um, and I don't really know how to pick this one because the Falcons, I think, have the better offense. Um, but the Washington football team, I think, is, is obviously the better defense. Um, so it's kind of hard to pick this one for me. I think overall, though, I think the football Washington football team is just... Uh, fundamentally better. Um, I think the the Falcons off or uh, Falcons defense is just not like anything at all. I don't think they're great. Um, and I think Taylor Heineke and uh, Antonio Gibson and Terry McLaurin. I think they'll have a fine day against the Falcons defense. Um, it's just going to be a little bit more difficult. I think this one will be close, kind of like the Falcons game against the Giants. Um, but I'm taking Washington over the Falcons in this one. Uh, next up, I have the Niners and the Seahawks. Uh, the 49ers had a crushing loss um, against the, the the Packers this week. Absolutely crushing, I thought. Um, I thought they did a great job, um, and I thought they had a fine game, um, but it was crushing because they, they started off really slow um, against the Packers, falling down 17-0, um, but they were able to battle back against Green Bay um, and outscore them in the second half 13-28. Uh, to uh, But... You know, it's it just sucked because they they were winning uh, in the game or in the game by one point, and they left 37 seconds on the on the clock. I'm sure everybody who who keeps up with football has heard about it. Um, that uh, they had they were ahead by one. They had 37 seconds left on the on the quarter or in the game, and then they allowed Aaron Rodgers to go downfield, hit Devontae Adams twice. How I have no idea how they allowed him to hit him twice. Um, and then they got them within field goal range. And you just knew it was over. You just knew. And Mason Crosby hit that ball right through the uprights, and uh, and you know just absolutely crushed all the Niner fans that were there. Um, which was it was even in San Francisco, which was even funnier. Um, but this was it was a great game. Um, I thought the Niners did a great job at showing real resiliency and battling back. Um, and I just I loved the way they played. They started off slow, but once they got going, they were going. Um, the defense played awesome. Um, yes, 30 points was scored, but they played uh, very well with how you know who they're playing up against, which is one of the better, more talented offenses in the NFL. Um, and I think if the Niners can fix uh, can fix the speed at which they start um, their games, and if they can stay healthy, um, I think they're going to be a really good team. Um, Seattle also had a very uncharacteristically, you know, just odd loss this week. They you know, started off well, and they were uh, beating the Falcons, and they were scoring quickly, and, you know, they were running well, and then after that, they just, like, once they came out of the, came out of the tunnel, and came out of the locker room in the second half, they just couldn't do anything on defense, and they couldn't run on offense, um, which really um, allowed the, the Vikings to focus on stopping the passing game more, because the Vikings defensive line was doing great at swallowing up Chris Carson, um, and all the um, Seahawks running backs, it was just it was a bad day for Seattle on offense in that second half. Um, and I think the Niners, even though they lost, they had a great great game. They had their mojo back. I think uh, you know their Austin Powers, <laughs> um, and I'm going to take them over the Seahawks in this one. Uh, next up is the Rams over the Cardinals. Um, 
Just like I said, I, th- I think the Rams are going to beat the Cardinals in this one. I think it's going to be a really good one, though. Both of these offenses are absolutely electric. The defenses are nothing to to wave your finger at. Um, and it's also a divisional game. And, you know, if you've been listening for a while, you know that I uh, I take great great consideration into divisional games because divisional games, you can see some of the best teams in the NFL lose to the worst teams in the NFL. Um, and the the Rams looked great against the Bucks. They looked really, really good. Um, they played some great football. They were able to get to Tom Brady and pressure him uh, very well. Um, and then on offense, they were just efficient, um, as they have been all year. Um, they are just an efficient, good team. That's how you can categorize the Rams. I think they're probably the most well-rounded and best team in the NFL. Um and I have them beating the Cardinals in this one, but the Cardinals are no, you know, pushover. They are an electric offense. Kyler Murray has had a phenomenal season so far. He's had his Kyler Murray moments where he throws an interception here and there, but other than that, he has had a great season. He has been, you know, all over the place, whether it's running or passing. He has a bunch of different weapons on defense or on offense now. He's got his two running backs, like I said earlier, James Conner and um, and Chase Edmonds. And then he's also got Rodell Moore, who is just an unbelievably great wide receiver. He's got DeAndre Hopkins, who's one of the best wide receivers in the NFL, arguably the best. He has A.J. Green, who you know did really well in this game against the Jaguars, um, which, once again, the Jaguars aren't the best team ever, but um, he had a great showing. He really um, showed himself as kind of like a, a good, you know, maybe number three look, you know, like when you're going through your progressions, he's probably a good number three. He can also be that deep threat that you need at the end of the game if you need, you know, to go straight downfield and, you know, just take a Hail Mary. He's a big guy. That's what he's, you know, been known to do um in his whole career um and then you also have uh, Chris uh, Christian Kirk who's just a, a great receiver um and they their offense is just built to last uh, Kyler Murray doesn't get pressured all that often and when he does it doesn't matter um because he can just roll right out and then he'll throw it 65 yards downfield without any but like without thinking um and the offensive line has been great too which is even worse for these teams um but I think where it comes down to is who has the better defense. Um, and I think the Rams overall have the better defense. Um, the Cardinals defense is, like I said, nothing to, to, you know, to shake your head at. They're so good. The defensive line is, you know, built like a brick house. You know, it's really hard to run on these guys. Um, but it's also hard to pass on them when you've got Buda Baker back there, who is one of the best safeties in the NFL. Um, I'm, like I said, I'm taking the Rams in this one, but I'm really looking forward to this game. Uh, next up is the Packers and the Steelers. Um, the Packers is another team like the Niners um, that I think has their mojo back. I think they're uh, offensively um, going to be that weapon that they always are. Um, and they had a they had a phenomenal game. Aaron Rodgers, you know, just looked vintage. He looked you know just like he always has, just efficient, um, not very many mistakes, and he just looked like his MVP form. Um, the only thing, though, with the Packers, and this is looking way into the future, um, is that the Packers aren't showing that special thing about them to me that sets them apart from everybody else. Um, just like every year, where they ultimately just get destroyed and just get uh, get eliminated, they always have you know a really good quarterback. Aaron Rodgers is a generational talent. He's a easily a first ballot Hall of Famer once he retires. Um, Aaron Jones is a great running back. He's very dynamic. He's good at the receiving game. He's good at the rushing game. He can hit hard. He can run fast. He's everything you need in a running back. Devontae Adams is unbelievably uh, talented as a wide receiver. And, you know, Robert Tanyan's out there. He's a great uh, tight end. Then you got Adam Lazard, who's a good number two. 
and Valdez Scandling. You know, this offense is great. Um, the defense is, you know, as a, it's a Packers defense, which is going to be a, a hard nose, you know, not easy to score on defense, as it always is. But there's just not that thing that sets them apart for me every single year. It's every year. They just don't have that thing, you know, that special thing about them that sets them apart. And that's not saying that these players aren't special. That's the thing, though. It's hard, is that they are special. Aaron Rodgers is, the MVP, is coming off of an MVP season. Aaron Jones is a great running back. Well, Devontae Adams is a great wide receiver, like I said, but for some reason, every year, they always come up short. They always come up short, and I don't know what it is. <laughs> it's not Pat, It's not coaching. You know, Matt LaFour is a great coach. It, I don't know what it is. They just they they just end up coming short, coming up short every single year, and I don't know how they're going to fix it. I don't know what they need to do to fix it, but um, this is looking really far into the future. It's looking way past the Steelers game. Um is they, they got to figure out that thing that you know gets them eliminated every year, and they got to fix it. I expect them to absolutely steamroll the Steelers in this game. The Steelers are in big, big trouble. Um, defensively, they're hurt, yes. They're still talented, um, and they have their big names there, but Big Ben is just not the same quarterback. I, think, I, I don't know why he came back. I thought he should have retired after last year, um, but he came back, um, and the Steelers are in big trouble. Their offensive line is not as good as it used to be. Um, and it's just, it's not looking good for the Steelers this season at all. Um, and I expect the Packers to absolutely roll these guys in this game. Um, next up I have the Ravens and the Broncos. This was a very tough one. (laughs) Um, the Broncos are efficient on offense. They are, you know, unmovable on defense. Um, they're one of the best teams in the, in the NFL when it comes to takeaways and just, you know, stuffing you at the run, at the, at the line of scrimmage and, you know, deflecting your passes and intercepting your passes. They're unbelievable. Um, and the Ravens though, are one of the most dynamically talented and special offenses in the game because they have Lamar Jackson. Um, and I just, I hadn't, I had the hardest time picking this game. I was sitting there for probably five minutes and I'm just looking at these two teams and I'm like, well, you know, on offense, you know, the Ravens have the, the bigger playmakers, the guys that will probably get you those game-winning uh, touchdowns. And, you know, all they need is Lamar Jackson. Um, but they also have Mark Andrews, who's an who's a unbelievable tight end. He's a great, great player. Um, and so is uh, Hollywood Brown, even though he's not the most uh, productive Hollywood Brown. But he's, uh, he's, he's, a good, he's a good receiver nonetheless. And Sammy Watkins is out there, who's a productive receiver when uh, – when you get him the ball, I believe, I, you know, I hear a lot of people say Sammy Watkins isn't that great, um, but I think it's because he just doesn't get the ball all the time, and he doesn't get enough touches. I think if he gets more, I think he'd be a lot better than people think, um, but the the Broncos defense is, is unbelievable. You know, it's one of the best in the NFL this year, um, and I just, I, I couldn't, had a hard time picking it, but I took the Ravens in this one. I think the Ravens are going to have a special season this year. I think they're going to have like an AFC championship, possible Super Bowl um, appearance season this year. Um, and I, uh, I'm going to take the Ravens just based off of the, the talent aspect on offense. Um, this one's a really hard one to pick. This one might be the hardest one to pick um, this week, uh, maybe besides the Vikings-Browns or the Cowboys-Panthers one. Um, I really i am not sure <laughs> uh, who to pick in this one. Um, also, something I wanted to touch on real quick. I completely forgot about how Christian McCaffrey is hurt and uh, has a hamstring injury. Um, I'll, I'm going all the way back to the beginning of the podcast um, when it comes to the Cowboys and Panthers. I, I completely forgot about that. Um, that's a big deal, <laughs> obviously. Um, and I that's also part of the reason why I picked the Cowboys in this game. I just forgot to touch on it uh, earlier in the podcast.
Um, our last game on Sunday is the Bucks and the Pats. And God, somebody please, you know, go to Gillette Stadium and just protect the Patriots. Uh, I expect the Buccaneers to come off of this win or come off of this loss against the Rams and just absolutely roll the Patriots. Like I mean, just rip these guys to shreds. Um, I think they're going to come back, and you know they're they're obviously way more talented than the Patriots. Um, Patriots do have a decent defense. Um, I don't think it's enough to even you know you know even jog with this um, Bucks uh, offense uh, and these wide receivers they got. Um, Gronkowski is fine. He left the game on, uh, against the Rams, but he's been okay. Um, and he came back in the game, um, against the Rams. Uh, so he'll be fine, probably good to go, um, when they go to Foxborough. And, you know, it's the infamous return of Tom Brady to Gillette Stadium. Um, and, you know, Tom Brady versus Bill Belichick. Um, and I, I don't expect Bill Belichick's team to have a chance. Um, you know, they're, they're playing the Super Bowl champs. They're still in a rebuild. And, you know, Tom Brady is at the height of his powers at the oldest age in the NFL. <laughs> um, and, yeah, I don't expect the Bucks to, you know, even blink in this game. Like, I don't expect the Patriots to have a shadow of a chance. And if they do, holy hell, <laughs> whoever whoever guesses the Patriots on, in that parlay is going gonna, is gonna to win big money. Um, yeah, the Bucks over the Patriots, and that's all I have to say. Um, in our last game that we're talking about, um, before we get into our power rankings, uh, and you know, the end of the podcast is the Raiders and the Chargers. This is a fun one. I'm really excited for this. Two of the best offenses in the game, hands down. Um, Derek Carr, arguably the best passer in the game right now. He has the most passing yards. That's, you know, yards aren't always the, the, you know, the, the biggest thing in the world. Um, but he's been making great plays this season, um, hitting his receivers, you know, with like right in the chest all season, basically. And he's just been making great throws and he's had an awesome season so far, which is, it was, it's really fun to watch too. Um, I've always been a Derek Carr fan. Um, and I'm, I'm just really happy to see him playing as well as he is. But then also the Chargers, the Chargers are playing fantastic football. They just, you know, knocked off the Mighty Mighty Chiefs. Um, they improved on defense, and they are that, you know, offensively dynamic team that where, you know, they can run all over you with Austin Eckler. They can pass all over you with Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, or they can, you know, toss down in the flat to Austin Eckler, or, you know, Justin Herbert could take it himself and run for a first down or possibly a touchdown. You never know. Um, and I'm, I'm taking the Raiders in this one. Um, it's really hard to choose. There are a lot of really good games this week. Um, I'm taking the Raiders over the Chargers in this one. I just expect them to keep rolling off of their, uh, momentum that they've built off these past three weeks. Um, especially beating the Ravens, the Steelers and the Dolphins. Um, even though the Dolphins were hurt, you know, Joby, Jacoby Brissett, like I said, had a great game against the Raiders, but they were still able to pull it off. Um, and I'm uh, I'm excited to see this game. Um, part of the reason why um, I'm choosing the Raiders is also because even though the Chargers did beat the Chiefs, they allowed the Chiefs to come back in the game. And if the Chargers continue to do this like they did against Dallas, like they did against the Chiefs, even though they lost to Dallas, you know they still let them hang around. Um, is you know if they allow the Raiders to maybe they get ahead, maybe they get ahead by ten points or fourteen points, and then they start to allow the Raiders to pull them to pull themselves back in the game. You know maybe the Chargers start getting dumb penalties on themselves. Then you know then that's when uh, uh, things are going to be bad for the Chargers. So I'm taking the Raiders in this one because the Chargers have had a bad habit of pulling teams back into games. Even last year that was the biggest the biggest issue they had. Um, so yeah, Raiders over Chargers. Um, to recap my record for the year, I'm finally in the positive. I'm 26 and 22 over the year. 
um, which I was really happy to see because um, I haven't been greatest at picking games, but uh, I, I feel I feel pretty good about my picks this week, um, even though there are a lot of really good games this week. I expect to probably lose, I would say, at least one, two, three, maybe four or five. That's my guess. I'm going to lose at least four or five. I'm feeling good about this week. Um, we're going to hop into our power rankings, then we're going to head on out of here. Um, number one, I have the Rams as number one team in the NFL. Um, they had a phenomenal game against the Bucks, and I, I think they're very deserving of the number one spot. The Bucks are right behind them, though, at number two. Um, the Bills are at number three. I think the dominant performance is just them really coming into their form and just being like, yeah, we're here, you know. Um, I think they're the be- one of the better teams in the NFL. Um, I think, you know, obviously second to the Bucks and the Rams. Um, number four, I have the Chiefs. The Chiefs are down to four. I've seen a lot of uh, other rankings, you know, drop the Chiefs with it uh, below the top five. I'm keeping them in right now um, because I'm expecting them to have that big game against the Eagles. So I'm keeping them in right now. But, you know, they keep it up. They could be down in, in you know, between five and ten. And uh, you, that's not normal Chiefs behavior. Um, number five, I have the Ravens. Number six, I got the Browns. Uh, and seven, I got the Cardinals. I felt these teams were the hardest to uh, to rank. Um, and you know, they could go any way at all. Um, but uh, I feel, I feel pretty good about my power rankings list with this one. Um, I feel like the Browns could be, uh, below the Cardinals, but I just thought that they had such a dominant performance against the bears, um, that they deserve to be over them for now. Uh, eight, I have the Packers, um, nine, I have the, I have the Seahawks at nine. I have the Raiders at 10 saints at 11. Broncos at 12, Panthers at 13, Dallas at 14, Vikings at 15. Those ones were the hardest for me to sort out, and I'm still not even that much that confident in that because um, the Seahawks are offensively better than I think all of those teams, maybe except Dallas. Um, but then, you know, the Broncos have the better defense than the Saints, but the Panthers might have the better defense than the Broncos. Like, this is the hardest, the hardest uh, power rankings to make. Um, I expect a lot of those teams to break into the top 10 this week, though. Um uh, 16, I have the 49ers. Chargers, I have at 17. 18, I have the Titans. 19, I have the Bengals, uh, which I wish were higher, but you know, 19 through one are you know really hard to to divvy out because they're all just great teams. 20, I have the Steelers. 21, I have the Eagles. 22, the Patriots. 23, the Colts. 24, the Dolphins. Dolphins could be a little higher, I think, but I'm gonna keep them where they are for right now. 25, I have the Washington football team. 26, I have the Lions. 27, I have the Texans. 28, I have the Bears. 29, the Falcons. 30, the Giants. 31, the Jags. And then 32 are your New York football Jets. Um, thank you guys so much for listening into the Boom Team podcast. I really enjoy doing this, as I say, every week. Um, I really appreciate all the support you guys give in listening every week. Uh, don't forget to you know, rate the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Those five-star ratings really help. Uh, leave a review if you want. And keep an eye out uh, for, you know, a website that might pop up soon or a TikTok that might pop up soon. Um, And check out all of our socials. Follow the Boom Team Podcast um, on Instagram. It's just Boom Team Podcast. It's all one word, all lowercase. Um, Same on Twitter. Follow us. Um, And then follow me um, at Dakota Nutter. It's Dakota.Nutter on Instagram. And then on Twitter, it's just Dakota Nutter. You'll see me. Um, Follow me on Twitter. Follow me on Instagram. And uh, just, you know, for updates and all that good stuff that's going to be going on with the podcast uh, when new episodes come out. And thank you guys so much for listening. And I'll see you guys on the flip side.